0: everybody, and welcome to the Sakura Rangers podcast, where we focus on conventions, cosplay, and nerddom in general. I am Robert, I'm the Red Ranger, and joining me this week, we have the guy making a bunch of crunching noises. <laughs> I'm John, I'm the Silver Ranger. <laughs> and also joining me this week, the guy who might have his microphone on mute. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This week will be a little bit different. We're going to be a little bit short. We're doing this kind of in two parts, so to speak. Yeah, we, we, we had ran into a little scheduling conflict uh, immediately before the podcast. So, Tyler, unfortunately, wasn't available. He had a very pressing and urgent thing to take care of. Amy just, unfortunately, had something better to do than hang out with us. So, you just get the boys here tonight in preparation for... Next week's big Sonic the Hedgehog review—only two weeks after the release of the movie—which
1: is be- pretty now, decent well, you know, for we us. wanted to make
0: sure we got it right. Mm-hmm. Our crack team of reviewers have been spending a lot of time at the movie theater and a lot of time with not popcorn, but crack, as a reviewer must ingest before watching films. No 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 no. It's alcohol. Then why do they call them crack reviewers? Because you are cracking open a bottle, is that what the implication is? Have I been doing it wrong this whole
1: time? Uh huh. Oh yeah. Yes. And no, and, and usually it and it also means if they if the movie is horrible, their psyche cracks. That's why you that's why you're so crazy. God about man, go after last year, movie. honestly,
0: I did. Like, I I saw a lot of movies last year. Like I I dare to say twenty nineteen may have been the most movies that I've ever seen in theater. Because I saw at least, I saw at least two films a week, on average
1: last her last year. Really, why don't you tell the audience exactly why you can do that? I mean, yeah, yeah. Just no, to reiterate, I, I, I may or may know. not have
0: flexed our muscle a little bit uh, when this podcast had all of six listeners and gotten a press pass. So I, uh, I sometimes get invited to movie screenings for critics and reviewers. Uh, never a big premiere or anything like that, mind you. But uh, I've gotten to see a lot of movies uh, at least 24 hours ahead of release, at least in most cases. Um, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn being a really weird recent exception where they gave the press passes to people... The... Day of premiere? I mean, you know, it's the early screenings for Thursday night, but, you know, still. I saw the movie with high schoolers, okay? That's not the way this is supposed to work as a critic. Uh, Anyway, uh, my aggravations over DC's handling of that particular film aside, I saw a lot of movies last year, and I gotta tell you... There was a reason why there was a lot of redundancy at the Academy Awards this year. Because there was a lot of shite that came out last year. In fact, it kind of felt like the last 20 years of movies based on video games, to be honest. Because, Lord knows, there have been a lot of bad ones over the years. Is Sonic good? Is Sonic bad? Are you one of the people that made it a record-breaking success for video game movies the opening weekend? I mean, if you are, then you already know the answer to whether or not it's a good or a bad film, but we're not spoiling that this week. But, this week, to prepare for that review, that breakdown, and the discussion of whether or not fans should have input in the films that are getting released, we decided this week we were going to do something a little bit different, a little fun. We're just going to riff on all the bad video game movies that have come out over the years. Because let's be honest here, other than the Detective Pikachu, there hasn't been one that I can call really good. Can I take a shot? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> if you want to take a shot, go for it. But uh, I will say, uh, something that might make this a little bit easier to keep us on her sub- on track here, though. I have a list of Hollywood live-action adaptations of video game movies in front of me. We have, yes, the list. So these are all Hollywood live action adaptations of video game movies. And we are just going to go through them individually. If we have something strong to say, we will go and linger on it. If we don't have anything strong to say, but have seen the movie, we will critique as violently as possible. Because, God, look, oh (laughs) my God, looking over this, man, I am Mm -hmm. am like, okay, you know what? I I might be driven to drinking tonight. That's that's what I'm looking at here. The first one. Awesome. And arguably the most infamous, the Super Mario Brothers movie
2: from May 28th, oh. 1993.
1: I've wanted to see this one.
2: Can I just say something about this one? If we're going to do a critique, that's way <laughs> too easy. That is way too easy. Even a non-Mario fan could trash that thing oh in my one God. second.
1: The thing is, I've wanted to see it just because I've heard it's so bad.
2: And really, it's bad because of the directors.
1: Yeah, well, it's something
0: I actually found out about recently, and I feel really weird about this. Okay, so, for anybody who isn't familiar with the development of this movie, so... Which most people probably won't be. It's honestly fascinating. Um, Yeah, you can go and see uh, Matt McMussell's YouTube channel. He's got a series called What Happened. Uh, it's great he did one on this movie But even he didn't go as far into this As he probably should have So The part that he did great research on Is the development of it Where Nintendo had been interested In licensing the properties uh, That they were under control of uh, To filmmakers To go and try to you know build influence In the west and all that Which Totally mm-hmm. understandable. Nintendo was on top of the world at that point. Sega was just starting to go and become a major competition for them in the Western markets. But everybody knew Mario. Everybody was into that. <laughs> Mario.
1: There's a reason that most people know Yeah, Sonic that's just and it. Mario. No, that
0: rivalry. I mean, the two of those companies boosted each other. But they didn't mm-hmm. want to just give this to anybody because multiple films had been fighting to get a hold of this over the year. Or over the, you know. Last five or six years. Right. So, Nintendo really didn't want to give it to just anybody. They wanted to make sure that it went to the right place. So, Nintendo ultimately gave it to a smaller production company called Light Motive. Who had pitched actually a very fun concept for how the film could work on there, not having a solid script, but was, showing that they really did have an understanding of what the source material was and wanting to adapt it well. Did so they have? They'd had plenty of that? films before that. They'd actually won several awards, but this wasn't a big uh, company that was going and doing this. It was still fairly small. It was more of an art house studio, but in some respects, that actually makes a lot of sense because Nintendo wanted to make sure that during the development of the script process, that their property was being respected. And ultimately, at that point, it was. This is where things get a little bit rough here. So, they did a great job when it came to hiring on there. Bob Hoskins was playing the role of Mario. John Leguizamo, who at the time was not a joke in Hollywood. He was a rising star, playing Luigi. The Dennis Hopper playing the role of Bowser, King Koopa. Samantha Mathis, she was also a rising star playing the role of Princess Daisy. They were doing a great job as far as casting was concerned. And all of these guys before the film started, or started filming, most of them had been signed two years before they actually started the filming process. Now, this is where things get a little bit rough. They had a really hard time trying to find a director, and a good screenwriter to go and adapt the initial treatment that they had gotten greenlit from Nintendo. So, believe it or not, the first person that was tapped to go and direct this movie, or sorry, not direct, to uh, write this movie, was the Oscar-winning screenwriter Barry Morrow. You may know that name as the writer of Rain Man, which is one of the best movies to ever be made as far as I am concerned. But, the film treatment that he wrote really just threw away everything that they had gotten,
1: you know, approval and consent with from Nintendo. And he basically... So, in other words, he didn't care what the source material was, he just made it... Kind own of. Forward. He adapted yep. what he thought he could get away with and made something
0: that was way too similar as an existential road trip. With Mario and Luigi, that seemed a little bit too similar to Rain Man. The people involved with uh, making the film would ultimately refer to that particular iteration of the script as Drain Man. Which, um... Oh boy, yeah. Uh, That actually got leaked online a few years ago. And actually,
1: yeah, it's actually
0: not as bad as I expected. Like, it wouldn't have made a good film for Mario and Luigi. But I will say... If it wasn't so darn similar to Rain Man, it would have actually been a good movie, just not with the Mario Brothers name attached to it. So, yeah. They went through several different screenwriters as time went along. Ultimately, they did settle on a good one. Uh, It was a little bit more traditional. Uh, That was Jim Jensworth and Tom S. Parker. That was ultimately the story that they decided to go with. They put a lot of focus on Mario and Luigi, and tried to go and subvert a lot of traditional fairy tale tropes. Basically, they were trying to do what Shrek did, like, a decade earlier. But in a mm-hmm. way that actually would have worked well with Mario and Luigi. That script is also online if you want to go and read it. And that one actually, if it had been made into a film, I think may have been a little bit too ambitious for the time, but I think would have been received very well. That happens. Then things get a little bit more interesting when it came to directors. hmm Yeah, they couldn't get anything to go and work. Uh, Greg Beeman, uh, who directed License to Drive, was attached to go and direct and got it moved into pre-production. But the failure of the film Mom and Dad Save the World led to his dismissal thanks to nervous producers. Then the... Uh, role of director was offered to Harold Ramis of Ghostbusters fame. And that got people very excited because he is a fan of the, her of the video games. Uh, kids were into it. Yes, this was going to be a perfect fit. Unfortunately, they could never come to an agreement in terms of uh, budget and his actual salary for the film and ultimately, ended up getting too caught up with other projects he was working on at the time and left. This is where everything fell apart. The film was ultimately given to the directing team of husband and wife Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jenkel. This is where I have to go and say, Matt McMuscles, I love you. I want to have you on the podcast. I think you're fantastic. But man, you left out the best part of this story. These were the people behind Max Headroom.
1: What the hell? What? Oh gosh. You never heard of this? I might have, but right now it's not clicking.
0: I don't have time to explain Max Headroom to you. Anyway, so they gave this to the people that created a TV show, quote unquote. Of a computer-generated, big air quotes on that, host that would go and play between music video segments. That's on who they gave directing to. These two people are such massive narcissists that not only did their marriage not go and survive long after this movie, but this film definitely didn't. They forced mm-hmm. everything to change they rewrote the entire script themselves the scriptwriter actually left the film as a result of this and two other people had to come in just to go and salvage what was going and being or what was being rewritten and making it into an actually made for film screen treatment it is so bad it's unbelievable it is raunchy it is crass it is gross it is disgusting I consider it personally to be a cult classic just because how did they get so much wrong I own this movie it is so bad I know some people say oh it's an underappreciated no 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 this is not an underappreciated classic it is just a bad movie made
1: by bad people by the way I just looked up uh-huh. Max Headroom. Um, the actual mm-hmm. character itself, and this was the mm-hmm. concept for that Rocky creator Rocky Morton conceived of Max Headroom as the most boring thing I could think of <laughs> to do. A talking head of a middle-aged white male in a suit, talking to them in a really boring way about about music videos. What the fuck? Yeah, no. Me? And, but and yes, I do kind of recognize the little image, In kind of but but usually in remake versions of like the yeah. meme joke.
0: No, it is mm-hmm. that's a whole other thing. Uh, there's another YouTube channel called Toy Galaxy that, in addition to showcasing classic toys, which I really could care less about, they do a great history of segment, and they actually did one on Max Headroom recently. I learned way more about it from that. Um, but oh my god. How these people ended up attached to direct this thing is amazing to me. This movie Mm -hmm. managed to go and crash a Oscar award-winning company all at once. It's now actually owned by Buena Vista Entertainment or Buena Vista Pictures Distribution, Buena Vista, blah, blah, blah. It's owned by Disney. Uh, (laughs) They own the back catalog on this now. Go freaking figure. Anyway, so that was terrible. God help us. Yes, go to the, the next, next one. one, Double Dragon, the film <laughs> oh gosh. that almost destroyed Alyssa Milano's adult acting career before she ever even got a chance to start.
2: It had nothing it to do it with really did It really didn't. The
0: most it had to do with it was the Double Dragon arcade cabinet in the back of the movie.
2: And they weren't even named right.
1: Just like the Billy and Jimmy Lee.
0: Anyway, uh, unless anybody has anything else to say, I want to go on to an actually so bad it's good movie.
2: Bad dudes was better. (laughs) (laughs) Where's my movie for bad dudes? You're never going to get your movie about
0: two bad dudes that are going out to save the president.
2: The, the two dudes are the only ones bad enough to rescue the president. Now let's go get hamburgers. Seriously, somebody make a fan film of this.
0: Anyway, going on to a film that is actually so bad, it's good. Street Fighter, the movie, starring the, starring the yeah. muscles from Brussels as the American Guile. Okay, I will go and say, I Raul Julia, I know this is the last movie that he acted in and that some people mock him for it. Oh my god, if he did not give 100% to this movie, it would mm-hmm. have been a disaster. But because he is so good at being this evil character, and at giving his all, even when it is the cheesiest shit possible, oh my god, he made this movie for me. Like I I did not know who Raul Julia was before I saw this movie. And I only saw this in like 2002, 2003. So this was almost a decade after it came out. That film came out December 23rd. Of 1994.
2: There are some amazing movies. Oh my god. that That, That
0: movie is so bad at every level. It manages to cram in like every Street Fighter character. That was released at that time. Into this movie. In ways that are incomprehensible. Make no sense. The UN has a military peacekeeping force. Oh my god. It's just everything about this thing. Is so unbelievably bad. And then there's Raul Julia. And his amazing delivery. Like, he has Chun-Li locked up in his bedroom. And he's walking in. And she's cursing him as the man who destroyed her village and killed her father and all that. And just his stone-cold delivery of... You presume that I would remember any of this. To you, the day that I... Visited your village, was the most important day of your life. But to me, it was Tuesday. Oh my god, this guy is amazing.
2: I know. <laughs> For I beheld Satan as he fell from heaven like lightning. Oh, it's like, gosh, such this, epic This lines. movie is so
0: bad, but if you have not seen it, if you are any sort of fan of Street Fighter, or just want to see the most 90s movie... That doesn't involve neon colors. You need to see this. We're going to blow up the world? Of course! <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, going to just leave that one on the table here. Uh, let's move on to, I think, probably John's favorite movie ever. Mortal Kombat from August 18th, 1995.
2: Mortal Kombat was good.
1: Mortal Kombat is a cult it's yeah. a classic.
2: Because it's like, yeah, it's it's cheesy. How many, how many did they make? Yeah. Two. Uh, The first one was good, but it's like, they had good martial artists in there. Yeah, That's also also where Scorpion got his iconic saying, get over here. Yeah, it is. Because in the original games, he didn't say anything. He would just chuck it. But in this, it's like, get over here. And that's stuck.
0: Yeah, no, that that film is just kind of weird because it was really experimental. It actually was a really cheap budget. It was only $18 million that they used to go and produce that film. Like, there was almost no way for this thing not to make its money back. It ended up grossing uh, in the global box office $122 million. And most of that did come from U.S. box office. This film did actually Mm. really, really well, all things considered.
2: The the martial arts was so. Yeah, like, the script
0: is terrible. Like, I'm not... I can't call this a good movie because it really is... It's barely held together. Not. But... I will say it's really entertaining to watch. The action is really good, and the Goro puppet in there is one mm-hmm. of the best practical effects that I think the '90s saw in film.
1: I was—I actually was speaking yeah. of Goro. Um, you know Baraka, yeah. yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. I was uh, watching this v- v- not too long ago. You guys might have seen this on Facebook a little while ago, but it was somebody making a cast, an, a cast, mo- um, a, mm-hmm. a clay mold or K-Statue, statue of Baraka. And it's the most beautiful fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Because he did everything. Like, he sculpted it perfectly. He made every single flake. He, he added every single tooth. Like, mm. it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, anyway, no, it's all sorry. good. It's all good. good.
0: So, yeah. Uh, it's still not a great film, but it's definitely one that has earned its cult status following. Um... But that being said, it cannot be forgiven for what it spawned. Two years later, on November 21st, 1997, we were greeted with the sequel, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. It was not It is still the worst rated video game movie on Rotten Tomatoes with only a 2% critic score. Yeah, really? no, it's uh, it's not good. <laughs> it's really bad, actually. So, yeah, that one, it lost all the charm. The martial arts were terrible. They lost the director. They lost the script writer. They lost half the cast. So it just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. I got nothing else to say about that one unless somebody else does. Nope, nobody? All right. Got Going on from there. Wing Commander. Loosely based on the video game series of the same name. Never heard of it. I saw this movie and I cannot remember a damn thing about it. All I remember is that Matthew Lillard and Freddie Prinze Jr. are in this. And the only reason why I remember this is because my parents, back when I was a kid, I think they were watching, like, Entertainment Tonight or something like that. And... Before the premiere of the Scooby-Doo live-action movie, they were making comment about the fact that this was or that that movie was the reuniting of Freddie Prinze Jr. and Matthew Lillard for the first time since Wing Commander. It's like that's Mm. the only thing that I really remember about this. I know I saw the movie in like 2009, but I don't remember a damn thing about it. Like it has just completely slipped my memory. And judging by the fact that it only has a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 21% on Metacritic, I'm guessing that's probably a lot of people's impression. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: now we're going to get into the heavy hitters. The films that really did make video game movies a mainstay staple, whether that's good or bad. Laura Croft Tomb Raider from June 15th, 2001.
2: Yeah.
1: Really? I like this I actually throw. do
2: too. Why, why did you like this film, Cole?
1: No, it's not because of the stereotypical joke with the original Laura Clough film. Oh yeah, I'm looking at pyramids, baby. No, no. Personally, for me, I've I just personally thought it was it was a. Fun, I also saw this when I was a Same. lot younger, and I thought it was it was good. It was a classic. Or it. it and I've also grown up as a big fan of Indiana Jones, and I saw this as a new, like, oh, cool, Indiana Jones, but it's a girl, and she's... But she's... it was just a different kind of style with it, and I really just kind of enjoyed the storytelling of it.
2: I, I remember seeing it when I was a kid, but I remember next to Th- nothing. This one's kind of weird
0: to me, because the script is, once again, not good. I can't really call this a good movie, mm-hmm. but I will say, to Cole's point... This film is really a lot of fun. It's got good energy about it. The choreography is good. The acting is actually pretty solid. I just wish it had a better script to go along with it. It does kind of have a Indiana... The CG wasn't no, the CG horrid. wasn't horrid. I mean, that robot uh, that she was training with. That was pretty bitchin'. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, this is kind of a weird one because it's not a bad movie. It's just not a good one either. But you can also understand why it is that this movie, all the other ones we talked about, Mortal Kombat was the only one to go and break $100 million before this in the global box office returns. Came really close to Street Fighter at $99 million, but overall couldn't break that. This film is still one of the best grossing just period that had been out there. This film made... Two hundred and seventy-five million dollars.
1: Yeah, it yeah, was a no, lot of it money.
0: it made a totally. ton of money, and it was overall not by critics but by audiences, pretty well received on there.
1: And it like I'm not saying like yes, I will admit that the storytelling was a little weak, and and kind of the adaptation of of old myth to be taken into this was a little bit far fetched. I will definitely agree. Mm-hmm. But I personally thought it was pretty good. Yeah, no, I,
0: I, I really don't have anything terrible to say about this movie. I just can't call it good either.
1: Oh yeah, like it's it wasn't a horrible film. I like, I will definitely say that it was not the best film of the year or or the best film ever of my childhood or anything close to it. But like even that and even its even its uh, pre- sequels weren't horrid. Yeah,
0: I actually find it kind of weird. I actually kind of preferred the sequel to the original just because I felt like the script was a little bit stronger, but it also lost all the fun, so it was boring by comparison. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's Tomb Raider Cradle of Life. Um, that's actually leapfrogging over a film I actually don't really want to recognize exists, but because of how many sequels they made to it, I have to. That's right. Resident
2: Evil from March fifteenth, two 2002. Oh, goodness. That's like next to nothing to do with the Resident yeah. Evil franchise. Oh
1: uh, yeah, I haven't actually watched any of them I've, to be honest, but I've seen every single one. I think I've seen a little bit. Like of course everyone has seen the the famous the famous wake up mm-hmm. scene from that. Yeah, so.
2: I Well, it's 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 Resident Evil, but it has nothing to do with Resident yeah. Evil except for the T virus. That's about it. But one thing I will salute it on is it's like it did something different.
1: I watched the movie before I saw it. I actually saw the... Uh, before I even saw even a part of the film.
2: <laughs> you saw the film before
0: you saw even part of the film? What? Sorry, I read the book. Oh, the okay, okay. The... <laughs>
2: there
0: we go, that makes more sense.
2: Yeah, you threw Sorry. me off there. It was just like, what? what? I... How? How? One thing I will say is the movie made me play the game. Now, that's kind of cool, actually.
0: Yeah, because that actually did come out before Resident Evil 4, didn't it? Because that was your first, right? Correct.
2: Yeah, Resident Evil 4 was my first yeah. rated M game. No,
0: that that was... What a rated M oh, game yeah, to no, start no, off one with. One of the best. One of the best of all time. <laughs> no, but that, that first movie, I do not know how it made over $100 million. It's not good. Like, at all. Mm. But, I don't know. This might just be a case of sex selling or something. I don't know. Oh, um, the only thing I do find kind of interesting. So, Paul S. Anderson directed this movie. You know what else he directed? Really? Mortal Kombat. Huh. Yeah, right? Interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, I do not get it. At all, but uh, yeah. So that was a movie, and it spawned five sequels. Seven. So God, I. Well, we'll, we'll count them up as we go down the line to, here. Anyway, hard yeah. to keep track. <laughs> so that was the first Resident Evil. We kind of leapfrogged over uh, Tomb Raider or Tomb Raider: Cradle of Life. Uh, going on from here. We start getting on to what I refer to as the Uwe Boll collection. Yes, Uwe Boll. That crafter. That masterpiece maker of absolute shit at the movie theaters. Yeah, he started his career going and defrauding the German government with the film House of the Dead. Based on the classic um, light gun shooter from 1996. Is that game a classic? I mean, as an arcade title, you know, it's, it's one of the biggest light gun games ever. I'll, I'll say that, it's, you know, it's something people know. It's a thing. True. Um, it also just it's barely true. manages to avoid being the lowest rated movie on this list. Uh <laughs>
2: That was such a weird movie. Oh it my god, no it's sense. so
0: bad. And you can see all the bad editing stuff. You can actually see one of these zombies, or whatever you want to call them, jumping on a springboard over a bush. Like, you can actually see the mm-hmm. springboard in shot. It's like, how? How did you frame a shot like this? And now we know that Uwe Boll was mostly just defrauding the German government to go and get these films made. Yep. So, uh, anybody got anything else to say? Or shall we go on to the next craptastic film? Alright. Keep going. Up next, we have Resident Evil Apocalypse. A movie I actually liked even less than the first Resident Evil. Yep. Yeah, this one at least featuring yes. Jill Valentine. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Alright. Moving on from here. One of my favorite game series at the time Alone in the Dark was made into a 2005 action horror film directed by (laughs) Wibble
2: oh (laughs) you know what at this point
0: anybody that's still listening to this podcast the next time you go and hear about one of your favorite video games ruined by this man take a drink as I down the rest of my coke all right, moving on from that, we get into one that I will say is not a good movie, but did inspire one of my favorite films that nobody's ever watched. <laughs> That's right, we are talking about Doom, the 2005 film. I don't even know oh what gosh. to say.
1: With The yeah. Rock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, this is. This is a movie. I kind of liked it. I feel kind of weird about this one because I actually don't hate it. I just hate the fact that it was a Doom movie. Like, there's there's a good yeah. there's a good idea for this film in here. I really mean that. I think that there is something yeah. to this yeah. script that could have worked. And I will say, this was a good early outing for The Rock outside of the. Okay, it's the wrestler-turned-action-star roles. This was when he was starting to go and better establish himself as more than just a big piece of muscle. Yeah, there was no shirtless scenes in this movie or anything like that. There was no tight t-shirts or anything like that. This was just him actually flexing his acting chops, and while I can't say he was terribly good then, it wasn't bad. And I will say, the first-person sequence towards the end of this film is... Absolutely top-notch, still holds up today, and was the inspiration for the film Hardcore Henry. I doubt anybody listening to this has heard of this movie. It is a film shot all in first person. It is an action film. It is actually great like, next to nobody saw it, but it was also a real budget film. It wasn't released large scale, but uh, last time I checked, it was on Netflix. So, if you want to go and just spend an hour and 15 minutes watching a batshit crazy film, watch Hardcore Henry. <laughs> the movie was oh, ridiculous. So but, you know what I can't say is good? The film that follows. We have Blood Rain. The 2006 Mm. launch here in the U.S., 2005 in Germany, directed by, say it with me, everybody, Uwe (laughs) bull. Yeah, he's just doing, pumping out a bunch of these, wasn't he? Yeah, he he was a special one. Uh, This one getting awfully close. So, uh, just for perspective here... Uh, Looking at the Rotten Tomato scores of these movies, the worst one at 2% is Mortal Kombat Annihilation. At 3% is Alone in the Dark. Tied at 3% Hmm. is House of the Dead. And at 4% we have Blood Rain.
1: Mm.
0: Three of those four films are his. (laughs) Great, right? Uh, It is a movie. There are boobs. If
2: you can go back, to <laughs> okay. If second. you got
1: something more to say, go for it.
2: So the most, oh li- god. Okay, for starters, can we curse yes! on this uh, podcast?
1: I've sworn like five times already today.
2: Okay, so the BFG, the big yeah. fucking gun, mm-hmm. you know that weapon, right? Of course. You get one f bomb in every uh, twenty in the year each pg yep. two movie, right? Yeah, one yeah. to two, correct? So they had a chance to drop the f bomb when the BFG was found, but no, they called it the something else like the biological f- f- fermite something. something but it wasn't the big fucking gun i'm like that would have been the one chance to redeem that whole movie yeah I can't remember yeah. Yeah. call it the big fucking gun i just thought it was funny it's like you get one shot to use the <laughs> f-bomb
1: i have to say my favorite part of that entire film the last part <laughs> Like the, the Do Mask version. Like the you behind the yeah, first person. Yeah, that sequence. Yeah, no, everybody yeah,
2: universally
0: appreciates that.
2: When they went first person, that was approved. That was that, actually. That was a ambitious. great
0: three minute section. It worked really well. Um, and I guess something I did forget to go and bring up with this. So, um, as a pre production note, originally Arnold Schwarzenegger was considered for the lead of the film instead of Carl Urban. Of course he was. Mm-hmm. Vin Diesel was also offered the lead, but turned it down. Dwayne Johnson actually yep. turned down the role of John Grimm uh, in favor of Carl Urban to go and play Sarge instead. He actually stated, for some reason I was drawn to or I was drawn more to Sarge. I thought Sarge was, to me, more interesting and had a darker side. He really wanted to go That's and cool. try something different and be and he did he I, did that, a good this job is it like i i'll give him and carl urban credit i thought the actors were good it's just the script was bad that film really had a lot of potential mm-hmm.
2: this just went deep. yeah from no hell. doubt
0: uh anyway getting back to our list here cuz oh boy i think we're going to be skipping over a lot of these cuz i have not seen unfortunately most of them so how, so just read them okay up.
2: just read yeah, up the next all names right of them.
0: all right all right so next one uh which i have seen is the 2006 Silent Hill movie. <laughs> haven't seen it. Uh,
1: it's uh, it's not good. It's not bad. Mostly because I don't like horror films in general, so yeah, I probably would have avoided not... it anyway. It's just not good.
2: It's
1: not,
0: it's not bad. It's just the not good. Is all right. Uh sequel alright. Anyway. Okay. Moving on from this, a film that I know Amy absolutely loves. What what did you agree, John? This film that I have not even mentioned yet must be Amy's favorite film. I know Cole totally agrees that this must be her favorite film. Not opening that can of worms. D-O-A, Dead or Alive. Loosely based on the Tecmo Uh. Team Ninja game series, Dead or Alive. Oh, my God. This is a film that actually a lot of people confuse as being an Uwe Boll production. Even though it has nothing to do with him. It just happened to be shot largely in Germany. And also done as a tax credit. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, there's that. Uh, Resident Evil Extinction. The only Resident Evil movie I actually liked. That's all I gotta say. Hmm. (laughs) Anybody else? Nothing? Alright, moving on from there, we have The Return of the Master Himself in a film described as the live-action South Park. That's right, it's 2007's Postal. Based very loosely on the very loosely described as a game, Postal, and its sequel, Postal 2, where you can literally piss on Gary frickin' Coleman. Yeah, Postal's a weird-ass series. Moving on from there, uh, Timothy Oliphant in one of my favorite roles, Hitman, 2007. Still not a great film, but damn it (laughs) if I did not fall in love with the actor based on that. He pulled off a good hit. He definitely did. I literally started watching uh, Deadwood as a result of that movie just because I liked him as an actor that much. Following up from that, uh, In the Name of the King, A Dungeon Siege Tale. Directed by (laughs) Weeble. Followed up by Far Cry 2008. Directed. Yes! Really? Directed by. Yep! (laughs) Followed up by Max Payne. Based on the Rockstar and Remedy game. Nope. Just a bad movie. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> now we get to my personal least favorite film in this entire group Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li <laughs> I remember that it's a that. non-canon spin-off to Street Fighter 4 what the hell was anybody thinking this stars Kristen Crook from uh, Smallville I-, I don't even know what to say about this movie it is just the worst Moving on, we have Tekken. Some people might be familiar with this one for the controversies around it. It's an American martial arts film directed by Dwight H. Little. It's also absolutely terrible and has nothing to do with the game franchise itself. Warner Brothers actually pulled this from release in theaters. Yep, it made really? just shy of a million dollars in the limited screenings that they re- or that they put out before the domestic, uh, should say before the nationwide release was pulled in its entirety. Huh. All right, now we're starting to get into the rebuilding years. Next is Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time, made by Walt Disney Studios.
1: I actually really like this.
2: Yeah, it was, it was not so bad.
1: I actually haven't had a chance to see it just because I. I'm horrible at watching yeah. movies. And that was around the time of my, I was, th- what it come out? Yeah. Then that was around the time I started not caring about film as much. Yeah. As I used no, to. Th-
0: this one was produced by Jerry Brockheimer, uh, following up the success of pirates. Yeah, that was a Jerry and film. I stand by this. This one's actually pretty good. It's still not a great script or story, but I will say the cast definitely pulled it together. Uh, Sir Ben Kingsley is good. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was good. I don't know, this is one of the few ones I'd actually say it's worth watching out of these movies. So, uh, moving on from there, we find ourselves in another dark period, unfortunately. Because Avatar Mm -hmm. came out, and that meant that everything had to have a 3D gimmick. So, bring it back in, Mm -hmm. Paul W.S. Anderson and Resident Evil, her afterlife. That's right, three years after the last (laughs) film failed to go and capture critics' attention and didn't really do well in the box office, this one came back and doubled the box office earnings of any of its previous film counterparts. How? I still don't know. (laughs) Following up from that, Resident Evil Retribution, which I actually thought was the fourth movie in the series up until reading this list.
1: (laughs) My confusion. I was today years old when... Sorry, what was that? I was today years <laughs> old when... <Yeah.
0: laughs> Alright, after that we have the pseudo-sequel slash reboot Silent Hill Revelations. <laughs> I know I saw this in theaters and I'm honestly trying to remember if I fell asleep during it. This is another 3D film. Yeah, of course it is. Whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, coming up after this, one of my favorite bad movies, Need for Speed. Please tell me somebody other than me has seen this.
1: S- sorry, Need say for that again. Speed.
0: Please tell me somebody has seen this.
1: Oh, of course, of course. Nope. And if Tyler, if Tyler was here, he'd be all yeah. over this. This was his favorite. This was his favorite uh, movie series growing yeah. up. Yeah. Oh my god. I've only... I've watched the first and the second ones, I think. Yeah. So. Oh, and Tokyo Drift. No, that's Fast and the Furious. This is Need for Speed. Oh. Then no, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> all right. Tyler's probably yeah, seen
0: it. all right. There. The only thing I'm going to say about this movie is the plot is dumb. The script is dumb. They got way too many good actors in this, and it was the first place that I ever saw Rami Malek uh, ever in film uh many of you would know him from uh mr robot uh if you haven't seen that uh it's a great show oh yeah it's absolutely fantastic he also played freddie mercury in bohemian rhapsody he's just a great actor this is just the first time that i happen to see him so um
1: get yeah, need for speed is great hold on wait, wait, wait 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 say that mm-hmm. again the guy that played, like, he didn't play. For, oh, he, it has the guy that plays Frodo Murray.
0: Yes, yes. Rami Malik is in this oh, okay. movie. No, there, there's a scene with oh, him okay. in the office. And he realizes that yeah, he has yeah, an okay. opportunity to stop this mundane life and go back to what he actually likes doing in racing. And he just starts walking out of this office building, stripping off his clothes. It is one of the most surreal things okay. I've ever seen, and you need to see it to appreciate it.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah, because for some strange reason, I thought he was... Oh, yeah, because I thought you were talking about um, Aaron Paul. Oh, yeah, forever. no, no. <laughs> very different guy. Because I was very confused. I'm like, that is not Remy Malek. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> uh,
0: moving on from that one, Hitman, Agent 47. The sequel slash remake
1: <laughs> slash reboot of Hitman. So, the not the first one that was, like, the Russian guy yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. his name yeah, was. No, but not, not the Timothy not Oliphant me. one. No. No. There was no, you threw me into the
0: trunk of a car. I brought you breakfast. Not that one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that <laughs> was a good line. Movie.
0: It's so bad, but I love it. Uh, yeah, Agent 47, I just another film the I know I saw, and I'm sure I fell asleep watching. Which doesn't happen to me <laughs> in movies a lot. This is just a curse of video game films for me. Uh, Next, the most divisive thing
1: I think that is on this list, Warcraft. Mm. Yes. Funny and um, interesting fact, though. I'm sure we've mentioned this before. Our very own Black Ranger, Tyler, worked worked on some of the props for that film. Mm. He worked on Mm -hmm. armor and stuff for that film. Although he was never, ever anywhere close to set. He worked for the place that produced most of the rings that went into the chainmail. Yep. So,
0: I don't know. Like, as somebody who played some of the older Warcraft games, and at least the initial period of World of Warcraft,
1: I, and someone who plays modern current yeah, retail, like I actually did like this film.
2: Same here. I thought it was good.
1: At the same time,
0: I went to the movie with somebody that had never played any of the games and this is somebody that I actually really respect as,
1: because
0: this is a book guy, Hi. so it's not like he has a problem comprehending things or going and jumping into new situations and picking stuff up. He's another film buff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Literally the entire movie, I was getting asked questions of, am I supposed to know who this character is? And it's like, I realized partway through it, oh my God, they made this movie for the fans, but they produced it like it was going to be a film for everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I heard is that that if you didn't know at least like if you a ba- a basis then you were fucking lost. Yeah, no, and that that is
0: honestly the way that film feels cuz it did decent in the box office overall, but it will never get a sequel because of the fact that so many people were confused by it. You know, it lived off of yeah. its name more than anything. And unfortunately it hurt it a lot. So, Moving on from that, because we're going to hit the last bad rated film out of this list with Assassin's Creed, a film (laughs) that we had talked about back in the first season of this podcast when the trailer released.
1: And a film I have seen. I'm actually shocked by this because I have not seen this and you have. I went with my father. You are the only
0: one that can speak to whether or not this thing deserves its 18% critic rating. I oh, do you, you two need to tell me. Is there anything to this movie or not?
2: The only thing I appreciate about it is it, they took, per, like... Essentially, they made their own assassin in a different era that wasn't attached to the games. Which, is, that was, okay. a, which was a good idea. Yeah, it was a character during the French Revolution. No, during the uh, Spanish... No. No, I'm spacing on when it took place. Here, hold Spanish on. Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, that I was think, it. Yeah, it was during the
1: Spanish Inquisition, yes.
2: And he was the original assassin. That was cool, but everything else was just... Oh, look, we're jumping off high buildings. Oh, look, eagle cries, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, like, I just... I... I wanted, yeah, Spanish. I wanted to see this movie, but honestly, it seemed like it just came and went. I don't even remember this
1: thing actually having released, and it was just like what. Um, for the film itself, like I think they did a good job on the storytelling of within the Animus, as it's called. Um, you know a bit of a bit bit of basis behind the Animus series, right? The first four series
0: games, yes.
1: Okay, so you know the Animus then. Okay, well, they obviously for this particular thing, they did away with the entire idea of the Animus that was already mm-hmm. created. They created their own. Um, and essentially this version that they had is that you essentially get hooked up to a machine that has kind of like that kind of links in with you and then syncs with you. and then you essentially are doing the actions and the machine is kind of following you around. You're actually running around and kind of doing a job, and the machine is helping you through the memories. Okay. Um, instead of laying back and you're remembering. Or you're within your own mind and remembering mm-hmm. the memories. You kind of, um, Which was interesting, but personally I preferred the other version. But I guess this makes it a kind of more physical thing so they could drop back and forth and kind of see a mm-hmm. physical type thing to go with it. Um, I did like the... Crea- the backstory for the main character was a little bit... Mm. Shit, I'm sure <laughs> Rob John would kind of agree on this.
2: Yeah, I was kind of the
1: loyal. modern. Yeah, the modern day like the modern a lot of the modern day stuff was absolute trash. the 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 best stuff I did enjoy though were the guys who, um, for those though that have never really played a game of or played any Assassin's Creed or only very minor knowledge, the concept is that if you spend too much time in the older games, sorry, in the g- actual games. If you spend too much time within the animus, the, your your old self, or your uh, when you're going back through your own memories, you essentially a, a bleeding effect kind of happens with your own body and your memories, and you have flashes of memories that aren't yours, and they're essentially your old past lives or your family your your ancestors' memories bleeding through into yours, and you kind of get confused and and stuff like that. In this one, though, it seems like they that doesn't well, kind of, sort of happens. But it's only if you don't accept the fact that this is what you are, this is what your family is, and you don't sink yourself with your old self. Is that am I making sense, John? Does this make sense to you? Yeah, it kind of does, yeah. Yeah, because you when you walk when he walks in with the rest of these other people who were also going through these experiments, he walks up to it like um, what was it? He was a poisoner. He was um, a Jamaican poisoner and bomb maker. And he was fully him. I am both this person and I am this person. And he has all the same skills that, that his ancestor had because he remembers. Mm-hmm. But, like, and that happened with a whole bunch of the others as well. And it wasn't... And I personally think that the actual in-memory stuff was better done than the stuff out.
2: Yeah, but it's kind of, when you think about it this way, that's kind of the way it works for like uh, the games themselves because people would rather be playing the character that's in the animus, not being forced to... uh, Walk
1: around outside.
2: Walk around because honestly, that's the part I hate the most in Assassin's Creed games is when I have to play an hour as some loser when I could be jumping off buildings and Wait, wait, like wait, Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I need to make sure I'm understanding this right. So,
0: you're saying that just like in the games, the scenes in the past are the best part of the movie, just like they are in the games. And the parts yeah. outside of the Animus are the worst parts. While, in,
1: while interesting, while yeah. interesting.
2: They still suck.
0: S- yeah. So what you're saying is, this is actually the best video game movie ever made in terms of the source material. I think it. Oh, that is weird. (laughs) (laughs) That is weird. The movie everybody forgot came out might actually be the most true to its video game roots. Weird. All right. Yeah. They spent. Yeah. (laughs) So we're almost at the end of this. So let's just blast through. Because,
1: well, there's only another five before we get to the end of it. I will say though the music was of ama- uh, 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 the Assassin's Creed games and the movie are, uh, was was awesome and it always All right. Was. And here we go into what I would describe as
0: the current apex of the video game movies. Going into this, we have Resident Evil: The Final Chapter, which apparently came out in 2017. How the hell did I miss that mm. yep. this came out? <laughs>
1: Because it, well, it, it did. came out in
0: January, too, and that's kind of dead season. That's where a lot of movies get dumped out there just to go and die. Uh, this one, 37 on Rotten Tomatoes, 49 on Metacritic, but holding it about 70 for audiences? Yeah, that's not too bad there. Uh, moving on from that, 2018's Tomb Raider. Cannot believe there was over a year with no video game releases, <laughs> with no video game movie releases in between those two. Uh, that one 52 on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Metacritic at 40. Which one was that? Uh Tomb Raider. Did
1: they yes, remake the Yes, with uh,
0: Alicia Vikander.
1: I don't even it, it's remember. It's based
0: that. on the 2013 game. So, it's kind of mm. going back to basics and really oh. more the forward. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I never even heard yeah. about it.
0: This one actually did fairly <laughs> well. It was a pretty low-cost production. Uh made 274 million. And at the least, it's currently showing that it's supposed to be getting a sequel coming out March of next year. Uh, whether or not it actually comes yeah, out that time will be another story. But right now, it's late to come out next year, and it's in full production right now. So. Yeah, the games are still quite popular. Yeah, exactly. I actually have really mm-hmm. liked the reboot series of Tomb Raider, and I like that
2: movie. Oh, the game's yeah. been fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: moving on from here The Return of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Two video game movies and arguably his best
1: performance in one, Rampage. Let me guess, let me... Oh, okay. I liked it. For some reason, my brain went, nope, that's not a video game, <laughs> never mind. <laughs>
2: Rampage was actually a really it, fun It was a fun game. arcade
0: game. I can't say that the film necessarily captured that spirit well, but I enjoyed it. It's a dumb popcorn flick, like many of... Uh, the Rocks movies, and you know what? Honestly, I love him for it. I love the fact that he just embraces those roles when he has them, and when he has really good roles, he rolls with it, too. I, I actually really like the guy for that reason.
1: Extremely likable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dwayne is a really, really good guy, from what yeah. I hear.
0: So, all right, He's easy yeah. to work with. This one... I'm actually really confused on what this is, because I... I <laughs> I don't know what the hell this is. His so this was released by Saban Films and stars Dolph Lundgren and Isaiah Washington. Uh it's called Dead Trigger. And it's based on a video game from Madfinger Games. I have no idea what the hell this is. It made less than a hundred thousand dollars. It doesn't have a score on Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic.
1: Dead eh. De- trigger, Dead Trigger. I'm not Dead trigger. Familiar with that. Yeah, Madfinger was the company that made it.
0: Dead Trigger. It's like, how the hell did I miss a Dolph Lundgren movie?
1: Eh, well, that goes to show how bad it was. I I have no idea. Maybe it was
0: amazing. I'm not sure. Uh, And then following up with that, last year's I will describe as surprise smash hit uh, because I did not think the general audiences were going to get into this internationally, and they did Detective Pikachu, the film that I would describe as... The best video game movie to come out. Asterix. <laughs> at this point. We Continue. We kind of talked about this one. I think that this is actually a good movie. It's a little bit bog standard in terms of story. But uh, Justice Smith and Ryan Reynolds both put a lot into this movie. They carried the film despite having a relatively weak plot and a really predictable villain. I was just thoroughly entertained all the way through. Uh, I admit that I have been a Pokemon fan for a long time, but at the time I had not played the Detective Pikachu game. Uh, I never got swept up in the anger over Danny DeVito not being Detective Pikachu. If you've seen the movie, you know exactly why they couldn't have had Danny DeVito as Detective Pikachu.
1: But... I didn't even know Oh yeah, no, it's... uh,
0: You you can watch the uh, Let's Plays of the actual 3DS game of Detective Pikachu. It's hilarious. Like, Danny DeVito's voice coming out of a Pikachu is amazing.
1: Anyway, continue. Uh,
0: That was fantastic. And unfortunately, that is where I need to stop because the next video game-related film to come out is the one that we'll be critiquing next week.
2: Dum-dum-dum.
0: Yep, Sonic the Hedgehog. Starring... Gotta go fast. Starring that guy from Hop. That guy from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon series.
1: And that guy from Bruce Almighty.
2: Oh, no.
0: (laughs) And when you put it that way, it sounds terrible. Is it? Find out next week or see it in theaters right now.
1: Uh, What would you rather I have said? Like, (laughs) that guy from The Grinch or... um,
2: The guy from The Mask. No, trust me. I actually think
0: that... um, Bruce Almighty was the right one to go with, and you'll kind of find why, why when you watch the movie.
1: Well, yeah, but the funny thing is, is that I like I was trying to think of my other one that I was like, what could I have said? All right, the guy from the Truman Show. By the way, still. Oh my really god, good no! Thing. That's
0: that and the majestic are probably the top of his career. But we'll probably talk about that stuff. Liar, later. Liar, liar, fuck you,
1: liar, liar. <laughs> Liar Liar's blooper reel is the best thing you will ever fucking watch in your, in your life. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that was also really good.
0: Um, but anyway, before we leave, because I think at this point we have done it all, we've had a long, long podcast that will get edited out with like 90% of it gone. There will be lots of dolphin that's, that's sound worth. effects,
2: <laughs>
0: mainly from Cole. <laughs> Let's let's talk about the films that are currently in production right now or releases to be determined. But greenlit films that are in the works right now and whether or not we think they are going to be good or bad.
1: All right, so let's do this. Let's do this lightning All round. All right. So you spit them out, we go yay, you go yay, nay. Or, yeah, eh.
0: yeah. All right. So, first one is Monster Hunter. Directed and written by Paul W. S. Anderson. <laughs> oh, that's right. We're no. going back here and reuniting, slash, starring with actress Mila Jovovich of all of those Resident Evil movies that he also wrote and directed. That is coming out September fourth this year.
1: At the at the top, I went yeah, yeah, and now now that I that you went through all that. <laughs> nah. John. John?
2: I don't know what to think about that. Part of me is excited for Monster Hunter, the other yep. side of me nope. is like, yeah. I, uh, I, I feel the That's... same way there. All right. Coming up after
0: that American martial arts fantasy action film directed by Simon McQuoid. Mortal Kombat. A reboot. Yeah. This one actually looks really interesting. This could be. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. I kind of feel the same way. Uh, Coming up after this, an action adventure game series developed by Naughty Dog, published by Sony Pictures. Oh yeah, I've seen Sony Computer Entertainment. Getting its first screen adaptation, despite the fact that as of right now, it does not have a director. It's slated for a March fifth release date. Uncharted, if it ever comes together. Alright, coming up after this, I think I could pretty much guess on what the response is going to be, since I'm apparently the only person that saw this. Tomb Raider 2.
2: I like the first one, I'm going to watch
0: it again. I'm going to watch the second. Uh, Coming up after this, a game, or I say a movie... Based on a game that has the weirdest production history ever purchased by Microsoft in 2014, been slated to become a movie since 2015, finally coming out on March 4th of 2022 by Warner Brothers Pictures, we have the Minecraft movie. And coming up... Oh, no, no, we've got four more to go here. But we'll be finishing this off real quick here. The Untitled Mega Man film. I don't know. Nope.
2: (laughs) Fuck no.
0: The untitled Metal Gear Solid film not having any insight or production work with Hideo Kojima. <laughs> Maybe. That's what I mean. He's That's not involved at all. Thing. He's not allowed to hear this thing. Yeah, so I'm out. After that, release date to be determined. The untitled Call of Duty film.
2: Yep. What? Yep. Really? Spunk gargle wee-wee is getting yep. in a movie? Good Yahtzee reference, yeah. by the way. <laughs> and finally...
0: The film that I don't even need to ask you guys because I know we're all going to see it because we love the first one so fucking much. Detective Pikachu, the sequel. Thank you very much for listening to us, everybody. Uh, make sure to go and follow us on all of our social media. We are pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, something else that the kids are into these days. Uh, make sure to go and listen to us on...
1: Uh... We're not on TikTok, sorry.
0: We're what? not on TikTok yet. Not yet. Shit! Now I gotta make a TikTok account because we brought it up.
1: Fuck Cole! <laughs> no, we don't.
0: No, we don't. <laughs> Just to keep somebody else from getting it, we have to. I need that blue check mark, bitch. <laughs> All right. Uh, make sure to listen to us on whatever your favorite podcast service is. Whether it be on Apple iTunes or not nah, can't even say that anymore. Or on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play Music Podcasts, now on TuneIn, now without ads in the middle on Spotify and Podbean, because we didn't realize that was a thing. I'm still sorry about that all these months later. <laughs> Basically, wherever free podcasts are sold, make sure to go and reach out to us. Let us know your opinion on some of these films if you disagree. Podcast at gmail.com. We might bring them up next week if you get into us soon enough, so... Fortune favors those who respond quickly. Indeed. (laughs) And I guess if there's nothing else to say, thank you for listening to what took two hours for us to record, but only will go and take you probably 15 minutes to listen to by the time I'm done editing this down. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Cue the awesome outro.